Hello, ramen profitable fans. Chris and I are still running a little too slow from eating too much turkey this holiday season. So we thought we'd share with you an old episode from our back catalog of creativized, strategized, and synergized, our previous podcast. This is episode 56, and it's all about forming SMART goals, or rather, I was forming SMART goals while Chris was uh, revitalizing some of his old ones. We really hope you enjoy. And uh, we'll be back with some fresh, ramen profitable content next week. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize, a podcast about the business side of being a creative. My name is Atish Mazumdar. My name is Chris Scott. And in today's episode, we talk about SMART goals. Atish comes up with some new ones and I refine some old ones. Uh, So last night was... uh, Last night was uh, Colton and Sam's engagement party. And uh, it was like thrown by his parents at at uh, this uh, like really nice apartment, like their apartment uh, building downtown. Okay. And uh, and it's like really nice, and then like you have to be escorted up to the right room by a doorman, and you have to be on the list and that kind of thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, so. But like along with that, like those are the niceties that come with being um, really tame white people. Do you, do you know what I mean? Right. Like, like uh, it, once I got there, it was clear, like there was like pictures of both of them from various ages and like things like that. You know what I mean? Like that typical kind of Pinterest uh, shit. Yeah. Was there a yeah. theme? Was it like a Western theme? <laughs> no, I don't think there was a theme, but uh but uh like and they were playing like a video that was put together. It was all it was like that <laughs> kind of thing. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um so then so I, I get there and I, I get there about half an hour late because I just didn't want to be, you know the first one there. Week. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like I did I didn't want to, you know, have to do that. So this way at least everyone had arrived. I was like one of the last people to arrive, so everything, you know. And when I come in, Colton's dad starts telling me that i have to like mc this event oh my goodness (laughs) yeah and i was like wait why like i didn't realize evidently like these types of people like you do like uh there was like games and events Uh, and like we're all gonna watch this video together and like that kind of shit oh my god was that intense yeah dude and so like i just thought i was kind of like i didn't realize that i actually had to do shit nobody said that i had to do anything so i kind of just like showed up was gonna have a few beers out of the six pack that i brought and then and then like disappear (laughs) you know (laughs) uh so i didn't realize that that you know um that I would have to do things. So then it's like, I was basically doing a really bad, like Steve Harvey impression for about three hours, two to three hours. Yeah. And so, uh, I, but everything went fine, but like there was like this, uh, game where I had to like read off a bunch of questions and they're not facing each other. And they raised the shoe of the person who, uh, is more, likely to express that trait or be like that or whatever like who hogs the bed and then they like and it was just like i was 
That sounds it terrible. Was, dude, it's exactly, it's, it's like exactly, do you ever see those videos of, uh, like Steve Harvey slowly dying inside because of people's answers on Family Feud. <laughs> no, I, I'm about to watch them now. <laughs> oh yeah, they're they're super great. I'll I'll send some to you. But uh, but yeah, that's basically what I felt like. So I had uh, several drinks there, and then afterwards we're like, oh, well, you know, it's it's a it's really a great apartment because it's just like a sitcom. It's it's right on top of a bar. Okay. Like so, we're just like, oh, let's just go downstairs and go to the bar, and uh, then things took a turn (laughs) (laughs) and uh i find myself although you know like weirdly it doesn't it it doesn't even it's not like uh one of those nights where you and i were drinking fernet or anything like that it's like i wasn't drinking anything weird just beer and whiskey and as far as i remember not even that much of it but point remains that i uh have been incredibly hungover all day today well he only gets engaged once, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I guess that's the that's for the, the first attitude. time once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the I'm, I'm, I'll, you could theoretically get engaged <laughs> a lot. Hopefully, that's not happening. And next time, at least, I'll be prepared to know that like I'm not doing any of that shit. Well, this isn't all happening next time. It only no. it only happens the first time. Got it. Yeah, this is when it's like the novelty, and then after the second time, they're like, "Ah, eh, you know, we'll show up to a party, but we won't do all that stuff." And then, like the third time, I don't think there will even be a party. No, there won't even be a wedding. Yeah, yeah. So they be at the courthouse or in Vegas, or maybe just a, a domestic partnership. There you go. Get married. There you go. Which you know, honestly, this is a. Uh, it turns out there's a lot of shit that you have to look into and reserve dates well in advance and yada yada it's like maybe that is the way to do it <laughs> do you have your date figured out well we're probably going to end up doing it on a weekday because uh saturdays are very expensive so um and also the place that we are looking at is pretty much completely booked up with exception to tuesdays uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. Okay, like they have those wide open for you know any month, but really thir- uh, Friday, Saturday, Sundays got like booked up. But the way I figured it was, um, I'm gonna take the week off work anyways. So <laughs> I encourage everyone else to do the same. <laughs> nice, you know. Yeah. So I mean, all these companies have discretionary PTO now anyway. So it's like, yeah, I'm just gonna. Tell them I need a week off. Not a big deal. There you go. Hopefully. Unless it is. But yeah. So that's uh, that's uh, unfortunately occupying a lot of time these days. But uh, what's new with you? Uh, let's see. I went to a football game last night. Oh, how was that? It was pretty fun. Uh, we won. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's always a good thing. I met uh, Carrie Strug's parents. Who? Uh, Carrie Strug. You know Carrie Strug. The no. Olympic gymnast that... Did that fault with the broken ankle? Oh, no. I don't know who that is. You know of her. No, I don't. I don't know why you're so insistent that I know who this person is. You know is. who this person is. Everybody knows who Carrie Strug is. Oh, I'm, I'm going to send you a picture and then you'll see. Oh, yeah, I know who that is. Oh, yeah, I know who that is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is Was she from the U of A or something? Or uh, did she just happen to be there? Her parents happened to be there. Oh. So that's I just met her parents. I guess it's not that cool of a story as meeting Carrie Strug. But I have met Carrie Strug before, though. 
you met the parents of an Olympic pole vaulter who I've never heard of. You've heard of her. Is that what you mean to tell me right now? <laughs> exactly. I, I was expecting a better response yeah, than I'm what sorry. you're given right now. <laughs> that's funny, man. Well, that's cool. I uh, I didn't really go to football games much when I was in school. Didn't really care to. But uh, yeah, uh, Betsy had an extra ticket. She's like, you want to go? And she has this like wristband that gets you into some secret room that has free popcorn and soda mm-hmm. and private bathroom. So it was just nice. It wasn't like a, it was a nice uh, football experience. It wasn't a normal football experience. Yeah. We had yeah, to yeah. wait in line and share troughs and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. That was like the first, uh, the first time I ever went to a basketball game. I went to the, it was recently, it was, uh, I went to the Phoenix Suns game in the Axon, like, box suite. Uh-huh. So it's like, it didn't, I didn't even pay attention to basketball, like, at all. I was just kind of, like, looking at all the shit that was in the room and drinking all the shit and, like, yeah, it was, it was a good time. This actually just, now hear me out. So uh, I'm just spitballing because I literally just came up with this idea while you were saying it. What if we did a podcast while doing an escape room? I'm down. Yeah? Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> that might be, I mean, because I think their time to be less than an hour. So realistically, we could just, uh, we could like either do an intro or do an outro, like maybe maybe an outro like about it, but then just do the majority of the hour in the <laughs> escape room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure. Let's just uh, pick a room and let's do it. Sweet. There's, uh, I did that one Fox in a Box in Tucson. That one was pretty cool. All right. But like they they had two different options. One was like medium difficulty and one was hard difficulty. And I already did the hard one. So it's like I don't think I can scale back. Plus the medium one was th- themed uh, like about zombies. And I think oh, it's a really played out trope. Yeah, no, so hard, hard pass on zombie anything. Yeah. The other one was Diamond Thieves. That one was sick. But they probably have updated it since... You did it because it was like a year ago that you did it, right? Oh, it was more than that. I still lived in Tucson. Yeah, so it's probably different by now. Yeah, probably. And also, you know, we don't have to go to that one. That one's just conveniently located at university, very close to the studio. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So I'll I'll, uh, see what uh, rooms they have now and we'll pick a date and we'll escape from rooms. Yeah, that sounds perfect. I'm excited. (laughs) Um. Well, dope. Uh, did you? Uh, did I made some smart goals? Did you make some smart goals? I, I I did make a smart goal, but it's I don't know. I feel like it's kind of already known knowledge on what my smart goal is. Well, I think that that's kind of the the thing, though, is that we're at kind of two different stages on that. So maybe that's a good thing. Like it's like yours is a persistent sort of refining of a smart goal whereas mine is like establishing different or like updating smart goals or like uh uh kind of establishing maybe different ones or reorganizing different priorities Uh uh-huh i think i think the thing with this this smart goal that i made this time is it's i had all the the details figured out mm -hmm. and now it's uh i just put it down to paper so it's it's in the universe i guess it's you know the secret yeah, yeah, exactly. I did the same thing. I, I wrote a, I wrote everything down this time. And not only that, I think that there was something distinctly different that I did this time as opposed to uh, any of the previous times that I've kind of made goals, which is that 
I think I tend to think a little bit too broadly uh-huh. or too, or too like, uh, what am I trying to say? Too, too like vague almost like just like a concept and I want to get this done sometime in the next five years. It's like, that doesn't actually help establish any habits that like get you to doing that. You know what I mean? So, so this time I was a little bit more specific. Uh, and then also I didn't look at things really that were too long term. Like realistically, I was just looking at stuff that was, uh, in in kind of the shorter term, like within a year. And I kind of think that's a little bit more a pragmatic approach to doing shit like this Uh because, I think that then, well, not only are you kind of putting yourself like on a deadline, which <laughs> apparently I need, <laughs> and then uh, second of all, you uh, you uh, are kind of making things like like you can actually achieve or accomplish stuff. <laughs> In uh... <laughs> sorry, I had to turn my light on. No, I thought that was funny. You were just like you were like pushing yourself back using the wall. <laughs> um. Yeah, but it, it's it's a uh, it's a lot easier to actually accomplish stuff and check things off of a list when it's you know you can do things in a certain number of days as opposed to it takes weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. I didn't get that specific with my timetable, but um, maybe I should maybe I should sit down and sit down a solid timetable. Well, it's uh, what, what's your what's your smart go- you you wrote you've got one. Do you want to do like a recap on what a smart goal is or do you just want to dive in? Oh yeah, sure. I guess we could. <laughs> um, uh, so does it ever say if anyone like in particular uh, invented that system or does it just, uh, because all I've ever read is that it was, uh, I've never like f- read who, if anyone should be credited with discovering this or, or not discovering, but like creating this system. But I just see it posted all over the place. Yeah, I don't know. Should we figure out who created the smart goal system? Should I Google this real quick? Peter Drucker? Oh, Peter Drucker. Thank you, Peter Drucker. Oh, no, Paul J. Meyer. Paul J. Meyer. Thank you, Paul J. Meyer. Oh, no, 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 no. He, he wrote a book that <laughs> he wrote a book that talked about smart goals, but he didn't write. Okay, I think, it, uh, man, I don't know. Greg George maybe George Doran man how do we have all different names anyways it appeared uh, in uh, November of 1981 I wasn't even born yet holy shit wow that's a long time ago um uh okay yeah so smart goals it's just an acronym to kind of uh I think help you build out goals that are a little bit more useful than just uh I think Things that uh, what would differentiate just like wishing for shit and actually, you know, planning something out, which there's a whole difference there. And and, uh, the distinction is obvious when I kind of thought that at this point I had done what I needed to in terms of planning a wedding. But it turns out you actually have to like do shit. So I think that's similarly like there's just saying that you want to do stuff and then there's smart goals, which makes these things directly kind of more uh, realistic and possible. So SMART so. stands for S, and the SMART stands for specific. Does your goal clearly and specifically state what you're trying to achieve? Uh, the M in SMART stands for measurable. How will you and others know if progress is being made on achieving your goal? 
Can you quantify or put numbers to your outcome? Attainable is achieving your goal dependent on anyone else. Is it possible to reframe your goal so it only depends on you and not others? What factors may prevent you from accomplishing your goal? R is for relevance. Why is achieving this goal important to you? What values in your life does this goal reflect? What effect will achieving your goal have on your life or on others? And T stands for time bound. <laughs> when will you reach your goal? When? When it is? When? <laughs> Hopefully sometime soon. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so I kind of actually paid more attention to the... Because before I thought that I was making uh, smart goals, but I don't think I was framing them enough in like enough of a short-term... Uh, like achievability. And I, and I think that that's the clear distinction this time between what I'm doing now and what I did before. So like, for instance, um, one of my, one of my, I made three smart goals. One of my smart goals was that I wanted to, uh, design or like create a new podcast segment that would exist inside of the Creativize, strategize, synergize podcast network or whatever we should call it. Okay. I mean, that's, that's definitely too wordy and, and doesn't mean, but, but like, you know what I mean? Like uh, a different kind of episode type or like something like that. That way we could introduce some like variability. And then in addition, like uh, perhaps reach more of an audience and, and have kind of a, like, like we've toyed around with the idea of having long form singular concepts or maybe uh, moving outside to different concepts, like that kind of a thing. So I kind of want to explore that a little bit more. And uh, so that's why I was like, within the next six months, I want to have like a solid pitch for a like a new segment on uh, Creativize, Strategize, Synergize. Okay. So it was more specific. And also it was something that's actually achievable in a short amount of time, because I think that's where I got really bogged down on, on the other stuff. When you're trying to do things like, I don't know, I want to create a business by doing this, whatever. It's like, you don't have enough of the micro steps in between that would actually get you there. It's like, that's, that's a little too vague. Right. Right. So I think like looking at in just like smaller increments, um, my other one, my, my main, I guess, uh, smart goal is that I kind of realized that I'm not taking advantage of all the, all the like resources that I already have. So for instance, um, I think I like, I don't know why I didn't connect the two ideas. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, I want to like learn how to be a consultant for small businesses and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, why didn't I, why don't I upplay the neuroscience and cognitive science aspect more? Right. You know what I mean? Like that could be my, uh, my blue ocean strategy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where, where it's like, that's the, it's sure. Like management and business consulting has been, is currently being done and has been done for a long, long time. But maybe the key differentiator that I could have is that like, uh, we we look into actual like uh, cognitive science and behavioral science to do things like that's how we interpret and look at your marketing data. That's how we look at and interpret your like sales strategies and your uh, your uh, annual goals and all that kind of stuff. It's like uh, that could be my specific uh, 
like niche, I guess you could say, uh-huh. which uh, I, I, I'm always fearful about uh, maybe specializing too much such that you exclude yourself from some things. But I don't really think that 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 would be the case here. But anyways, so more specifically, my uh, goal is also in the next six months, and I just picked six months arbitrarily because it seems like a long enough time to actually get a good product, but a short enough time that I actually have to do something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, uh, like, I actually have to get off my ass and do shit. But... um, Basically, I want to develop uh, original content across six months such that I can develop a, like a, I guess, a thesis as to how uh, a thesis statement as to how my consulting business could be helpful in the workplace and like two businesses, small businesses in like, you know, smaller under like areas like Tucson and et cetera. Uh-huh. So. That's what I, that's like the main thing that I want to do across six months is like develop that content, do the research, do the reading, whatever, instead of doing what I normally gravitate and pivot to, which is like, oh, well, I need to get another degree for that or something like that. It's like, no, this time I actually have all the degrees that I need. I don't, I don't, right. I don't think I, I don't think I need anything else this time. Exactly. Because, because I'm taking something that I'm interested in and like applying it to something that I've already done, like something that I'm already like, uh, accredited in, I suppose. Uh-huh. So, so yeah. So that's that's my main uh, smart goal. All right. So and then that main smart. Yeah. Oh, you gonna? Is there a third one? You want to dive into the third one? Uh, it's it's not. I mean, we can, but it's it's the most innocuous out of the three of them, and it's also the longest time frame. So it doesn't really matter. What is the third one? Well, the third one is that I realized that I always separate like. Like I have like exercise and fitness as a hobby or something that I do on the outside of, of everything. But I kind of think I need to integrate that a little bit more like that can that can. These are all like pieces to how I would be doing consulting. OK. You know what I mean? So in that in that regard, it's like I want to be a Brazilian jiu jitsu black belt by the time I'm 34. And that is a daunting task. What belt are you now? blue so i've got purple brown black okay okay isn't that like three months no see that's the thing people get people uh well the higher you get i'm I'm sure the more complicated it gets too well that but it's also like the on the so this is kind of what happened with uh like why martial arts kind of fell out of grace or like a lot of them did uh traditional martial arts in the in the united states it's because um in in like bullshit martial arts like karate and like taekwondo you don't actually compete by like beating the shit out of each other it's all about like touch like it's like who touches first uh-huh you know what i mean like karate the way that you spar is like the first person to make contact like gets a point or something like that so it's almost like fencing more than it is anything else but the point is is that if that's what it is then there were people who were never actually any good at combat who were getting like high level belts. You you know what I mean? So then therefore it just went rampant in the United States because there was a big karate boom in like the Uh eighties. Thanks karate kid. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There was a huge like Taekwondo and karate like rush in the eighties 
because of the movies. And um, so they were just accrediting people left and right. And like there were people who were like fake black belts. But then, of course, because you don't compete, like you don't do anything with it. Then it's like it was hard to figure out who was real and who was fake. So the whole thing is bullshit. So that's why they would just like rank people up every like three months because it didn't mean anything like you weren't actually doing anything. Whereas Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, it's like you spar every single day and you're literally just like choking the shit out of each other and arm locking each other and like foot locking and joint locking and all that kind of stuff. So it's actually definitive who's good and who's not like that's easy to figure out. And they say, quote unquote, it takes the well, the the actual quote is um, how long does it take an average person to get their black belt? Uh, The average person doesn't get a black belt. And that's because it takes some people are like fucking phenoms. Like there's this guy, Gordon Ryan. He just cleaned up at the ADCC today. So big tournament doesn't matter. Um, and he got his in four. But it's like most people, it like takes like 10 years, if if not more. Like it's it's fucking crazy. So 34. We'll, we'll go there. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's go back to the uh, second goal. Yeah. What's so that goal is to write a thesis, you said, for this your potential coaching services yeah. you want to provide. Mm-hmm. Um let's let's break that whole goal down in the whole break it and, down. and the smart categories. In, in the, the smart the 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 acronym? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my brain's not functioning very very quickly. So for okay. so for your specific goal the specific aspect of the goal mm-hmm. uh you clearly want to achieve uh i i guess what i want to do is i want to achieve a maybe i'm being uh, like already by me starting that sentence i think that i'm being too wordy in my logic and in my statement well just because maybe it doesn't just say it yeah uh i think i want to essentially create the underlying uh the underlying like message or goal behind what would then become my consulting services. So like your mission statement. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) All right. So you want to figure out your mission statement and for your consulting services you want to provide. Yeah. and, And specifically through the lens of how, uh, like what we know about modern cognitive science and psychology can, do to aid that so now it's like more specifically targeted towards that range not just a broad like management consulting or something like that right 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 you want to you're bringing a different essence to that whole approach right exactly yeah i I kind of want to approach it from a different a a more kind of targeted approach and something that i think could be valuable Mm -hmm. so so that's kind of what i'm trying to accomplish in terms of i guess like uh who because I'm, I'm reading off this list of like what is part of specific it's like why is the goal important it's like well because i'm realizing more and more that i don't think i don't know this sounds really hacky so you know forgive me if this uh this comes across as weird but it's like the more and more i take place in the like traditional workplace with a 40-hour work week and whatever the more and more i think that that's somehow not for me Uh but i didn't really find my place in academics either so i you know 
this goal is important because I think I want to establish where my place might be. And I think that I, one of the reasons that I admire what you do is because it's like you kind of created your own thing. You know what I mean? It's like you didn't, yeah, I mean, sure, you worked at a Barnes and Noble once, but, <laughs> but for too uh, long, for too, for too long. long, but for the most part, like you, uh, you independently create what you want your like role in the community to be or what you want your role in society or even more ambiguously, like what you want to do with your life. Like, like you invent that you're not in a reactive sort of state. Right. So, okay. Yeah. So you want to, you want to be more active in your approach to consulting. Yeah, exactly. And, and I kind of want to, I, I think that this is a like really long, long, long-term goal but I think that breaking it down into smaller components, like six months here, six months there, like whatever, kind of keeps this battle rhythm going as opposed to it being an insurmountable task that, you know, uh, like how do you start? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's like I think I think that's kind of where my problem is, is that I suffer from paralysis by analysis. So I look at this like large idea, but then I don't really know how to execute on these things independently whereas and that's what's always so safe about just like some job for a technology company is that there's a playbook for everything so you can you can like oh there was we've we've had a case like that let's you you solve it like this you know whereas completely managing yourself and doing your own thing is uh there is no script so it's it's ambiguous so i get kind of lost in that so i don't know i kind of want to break this up into chunks like smaller actionable pieces is that how you're going to measure your uh achievements well so that was kind of the thing that i struggled with on this particular goal i wasn't entirely sure how it could be best measured because obviously like quantitative measuring doesn't really work in this case because it's just binary Uh it's like either either like zero or one you know what i mean either at the end of the six months i have my mission statement and I have like what I would call my supporting evidence. Like I I'm thinking of of this a lot like an academic paper, but I don't actually mean like an academic paper, but like I either I have something or I don't. So that's kind of binary. That doesn't really help me. But what I was thinking about how it could be measured is like the process of refining it. So like set up micro goals within that goal, (laughs) like a Russian nesting doll. (laughs) So like, by two weeks, I want to have a first draft. And then by a month, I want to have revisions to that first draft. And I want to have, you know, shopped it out to some people uh-huh. uh, by two months, you know, kind of like that, like hit that hit a cadence within this goal. That way I can measure myself against these like phase gate milestones. Mm-hmm. Like essentially, um, for instance, what Axon does when they're releasing a new product, it's like, okay. Is the product itself actually finished? Has the product been tested? Has the product been, uh, you know, uh, has been sent out to agencies for like development partnerships and blah blah blah? Um, has it? Have we created a marketing collateral deck? Have we integrated the SKUs into our like sales system? Have we educated the sales staff on it? Blah blah blah. Like they go through all these phase gate milestones before they consider anything actually released. And I think that that's something that I kind of want to start doing, like. Um, like I have access to this free uh, project. Well, it's not free for everyone, but uh, like I have it uh, called Asana, and it's a it's a project management tool. Okay, and it's like 
it's kind of like how you, what you were saying at the beginning of this hour, where actually like writing stuff down kind of puts it out in the universe. Uh-huh. I find it so much easier to when like I have something that's like a bar that says, okay, here's this project and here's the timeline. You have this two weeks. And then as soon as that comes off, here's another thing. And you're going to run these simultaneously. Like having a visual representation really helps in terms of like breaking down things into a day-to-day process. So it's, it's, so, it being like a, like a bar graph of what's been accomplished so far. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It shows essentially like it shows progress that way visually, not just. Yeah. And, and then, so it can, it can look at like how long your time scale is for your project or whatever. And then it just says like, Oh, you at this stage should be, you know, uh, 30% complete. And then you can like, that's how you check yourself. Like, am I on track with my phase gate milestones or am I not? Uh huh. So, so yeah, kind of just like you said, I'm, I'm kind of trying to take a little bit more of an active approach on this. That's essentially what I'm trying to do in terms of measurement. It's like, it's not, it's not, um, it's not exactly quantitatively measurable, but like, I know what I'm trying to produce and I know the time frame in which I want to produce it. So that'll be actually measurable to like track against. Uh huh. So you'll be able to tell it's, you can measure it being done because it's actually done. It's completed. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like uh, it sounds like a lazy cop out answer, but it's true. Well, it is true, but it also sounds like it's a very large goal that can be broken down into multiple goals. Right. It's it's scalable. So I, I wonder if you should take this one big goal and just focus on phase one. Yeah, you might be right about that. And you know, what if that is your mission statement or just your underlying theme that can be applied throughout all the other layers mm-hmm. of this giant goal that you have so start with just one part like part of that focus solely on that when you have that accomplished like then build the next goal which might be a little bit larger and kind of scale it as you go don't try and instead of so essentially instead of uh what would be uh, an inverse pyramid <laughs> <laughs> Oh wait, no. Stop. That's that's what we would stop. We would be doing an inverse pyramid. We're starting small and escalating from there. So it is an inverse pyramid. Well, no, I I feel like the uh, the chapters or the the different phases of your program you want to provide are all going to have an underlying theme to them. Yeah, and that's going to be your approach to it, and that's what's really going to make you stand out and not and be active in your approach to this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, hopefully unique. So I think if you clearly define that approach, it's going to help clarify mm. so many other things in the future. Yeah. 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 Like just saying something like something to the effect of like, well, I don't know, I'll develop it. But basically understanding that at the forefront of any of our performance is uh, there's like an underpinning of cognitive and psychological performance and starting there can extrapolate out and have huge like or larger effects into translatable actions and skills. Right. Like, like when I attempt to write a murder mystery, the first thing I figure out is who killed who with, Mm. you know, how and why and all that fun stuff. Yeah. This person killed this person with the candlestick in the library. (laughs) But then when you go back to the beginning and you already know that is the outcome, you can set up, a B character that could also have similar motives and could possibly be the murderer as well, as well as a C right. character and the D character. But those they're all driven by this one underlying theme that I've already established 
Yeah. So you have to solve it first. Like you have to know where your story is going in order to be able to like integrate uh, story complexities like red herrings and other interesting exactly uh, exactly background and all that kind of stuff right yeah yeah that's a solid point that's a solid call out um okay so so maybe even start smaller than that start with the central underpinning of the entirety of the thing right and from there start flushing it out start creating the content start doing the research start doing that stuff like yep. like flush that out after you create your your central theme i guess you could say yes and i think mm, that's your like that. mission statement i i i think you're right and you could do variations of it so it could be like the tagline in your business card or whatever you need it to be you can tweak mm-hmm. it to be so many things yeah, I, I think you're, I think you're right. I think that's a good that's a good kind of principle, and also that will keep you kind of moving from one task to the next. Because as I'm checking these boxes, what I just checked informs what I'm doing next, like what the very next task is, as opposed to taking a broad approach and maybe even ending up working in a circular fashion, where I end up working backwards to where I was, you know, what I was trying to do, which was my mission statement all along, right? That sort of thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, good, a good point. I like where your head's at. And that would make um, this goal uh, more oh attainable. Did my audio just go out? What? Did you freeze up? It would make it more attainable. Yeah, something something just uh, froze up. Uh-oh, our internet's crapping out. Mm, this is not working. All right, I'm going video off. We're going dark. We're going dark. All right, perfect. And we're back. Um, did you say is is it uh, attainable? Well, once you, oh, well, and now and once you do that, it makes your goal attainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I kind of didn't understand. I think that this is probably the uh, laziest uh, letter in the acronym because, uh, well, I mean, I guess you could get you could get a little bit uh, more dialed in on that. Like for instance. Is it realistic? Uh, is it realistically possible, like in your financial future, if, for instance, your smart goal that you were setting up was uh, something that required you to open a brick and mortar, like a storefront or something like that? But uh, in my particular case, it's uh, it's attainable and achievable because right now at these stages, it doesn't require anything else but my own input. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm not relying on another person. I'm not, you know, trying to raise uh a million dollars i'm I'm literally just uh trying to commit ideas to something and like validate them and uh uh validate that against what i actually want to do and all that kind of stuff so in this case extremely achievable and attainable but i guess that's when you're looking into smart goals in a general sense well i, I think what we did uh for you at least right now is um we knocked off a lot of things that could prevent you from achieving the goal Mm. Oh, I see what you mean. Like, because specifically I tend to get like a little in over my head on, on ideas and like a little flustered by that because we broke them down, this actually makes them more achievable. Right. So now that it's so specific, it's more attainable as opposed to this giant massive idea that you have. Mm -hmm. And now we're just trying to figure out the baseline of it, the spine of it. Yeah. This is a lot like, um, I'm realizing that that do do you think that these steps like working maybe part of the reason not not like uh like I'm trying to 
like imply anything like uh, manifesting like the secret or anything like that. But do you think that possibly working steps like these where you are always kind of establishing, like asking these questions and like phase gating things and stuff kind of trains your mind to operate like that as well? So maybe it's like a self-enforcing sort of thing that like if you structure yourself more like you're more organized, you set goals and then you achieve them and blah, blah, blah. Like if you by doing that, do you think that ends up retraining your mind to kind of think like this a little bit? And maybe that's like a component of the success that people uh, seem to realize when they like plan out their days and get more uh, strategic with things. I think what systems like this do is uh – make they make ideas less they make them not ideas anymore mm-hmm. they make them tasks they make them steps less ethereal right they're, they're, they make yeah. they make them tangible they make them real mm-hmm. and I, I i do think doing like i feel like checklists is a similar thing it's like oh i got these things to do today once you make a checklist it's not over you know you know you're not thinking about the 19,000 things you have to do. You're thinking about the four things on your checklist that you want to get done today. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's actually true. That's a very salient point at my current job. I became a really big fan of using like visual checklists and basically using a whiteboard that had all my tasks for the day on it and stuff, because it just makes it so much easier to like keep on track and, have everything organized the way you want it to. And, and yeah, you're right. It takes it from something that's like, Oh, I know I have to do that at some point in time, but I'm not going to get around to it or I'm not going to do that because I just keep it off my mind. It turns into something that's like tangible and real and actually uh, exists. Right. And I think that, that taking relieving that overwhelm, which I, I know a lot of people just can't deal with. Uh, that's what I think that's why people settle is because they can't, comprehend how to attack a a giant idea like that yeah no that's true that's true i can uh i can definitely relate Hmm. okay so you can so you can end up making things more achievable so achievable then in in terms of the smart acronym isn't so much just a a quite like a yes or no question it's more about like how can you facilitate yourself to better achieve these items exactly what are the distractions you're going to put in front of yourself that's going to prevent you from achieving this goal. Mm. Yeah. In, in that case for me, I think the, the number one threat is having too large of a project. Mm-hmm. I, I end up doing that all the time. And then that ends up becoming too daunting for me to like get any motion or any traction on anything. And then as that happens, I like get discouraged and feel like, Oh, maybe I don't have something going on here. Like maybe I don't know what I'm uh, looking for. Right. But you've so. uh, relieved yourself of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully <laughs> we'll see. All right. So how is this relevant to you? Uh, relevant to me? Yeah. What, what, uh, what values in your life does this goal reflect? Mm, uh, I think, I think ultimately I, uh, I didn't always believe that this was the case and this sounds really corny, but I think I've just come to the realization across the, like the recent, you know, three to four years that it's really hard like it's not hard to be good at some things which sounds really pretentious again but it's like it's not really hard to be good or like good enough at things but I find that it's actually really difficult to be really really good at things that you don't care about 
you know what I mean? And that that's kind of what precludes me from getting kind of like satisfaction within the traditional work environments that I find myself in, myself in rather, because uh, I don't have the same kind of uh, enthusiasm, I guess you could say, for it. Uh-huh. Or like I don't I don't end up caring about those sorts of things. Whereas when I find myself particularly involved in something that I actually do care about, I'm completely engrossed in it. And like I end up dedicating much more time than you would to just a 40 hour work week or something like that. Right. You know, like it's so I guess what I'm saying is something that like everybody already knows. But that's uh, that's uh, that you kind of want to do something with purpose. Exactly. And and you want to care about something. And so I kind of am realizing that that. I thought like people found that by tacitly doing the things that they're supposed to do, like that you find it through school or that you find it through whatever. And maybe I'm just a little bit different, but uh, I, I kind of didn't. So now I, I need to kind of push myself to actually get that sort of stuff done. There you go. Um, and you said, yeah, so that you said six months earlier. Yeah, but that was when it was a little bit broader. So I think maybe we should get a little more aggressive with that, don't you? I think six days. Six days. Okay. Six days have a mission statement. That's that's just my first phase gate, right? Right. Okay. That seems so. How do you end up? And, and this is just a, you know, for my personal reference, it's like how do you set kind of time constraints for yourself? Like how how do you? go about doing that like analyzing how much time might be needed so are you going through another uh like achievable test basically um like personally right now or how do i go about something like this Uh, in a general sense like how do you go about doing something like that i what i do is i just i just set aside an hour a day Mm -hmm. and i just attack it one hour at a time Mm. because i know if i say i have to write this thing by saturday i'm not going to do it but if I go okay. to the computer, if I go to a Starbucks and write onto my computer for an hour, it's like I can turn everything off for this hour and just start something. Even if it's like two or three lines, then it's something. Yeah. So, so it's always kind of the the idea that producing something is always better than nothing. So if you can just commit, like even if an hour of your day is all that you can commit to, it's like you can achieve something there. Right. Even if it's 15 minutes on a notebook while Mm -hmm. you're taking a dump or (laughs) you're in traffic and you can do a a voice note on your phone, Mm, just, mm -hmm. just stuff like that, that keeps you, uh, it tells you that you're working on it. Yeah. 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 And it starts with this foundation and first drafts are always garbage. So getting that over and done with sooner than later really gets you moving forward. Cause then you're like, Oh, uh, this is really bad, but this is what I really meant. And you can just flush through the ideas quicker. If you just crap out that first one. Yeah, no, you're right. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's always the hardest to get the first, first draft out. And then it gets like substantially easier, but God damn it. I hate doing first. Yeah. It's so daunting. Like right now I'm trying to finish this uh, feature script and Mm -hmm. I started using this new screenwriting software called Highland Uh and it has uh, a little device in the corner. It's called a writer sprint. Writer sprint, a writer sprint. And what it is, is you you just set a timer and you go, I'm going to write for 45 minutes. 
mm-hmm. and you click start and it like counts down for you. So mm. it's just you and you can see this, this timer, like countdown. You can see how much progress you've made and you're just typing, you're typing, you're writing, you're writing. And when it's over, it plays a little song and then it tells you, Hey, you wrote 600 words and 19 pages or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, good job. You can tweet about it if you want and, you know, tell everybody that you've been writing. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's using your natural reward pathway in your brain to kind of train you into productivity. Right. Yeah. That was something I was looking into myself because I was kind of, uh, interested in the idea of being able to perpetuate your own improvement, uh, in, in like your tasks or in your work or in your intelligence or anything like that by simply using the same kind of things that cell phones do to become so addictive. Right. Do you know what I mean? Uh So, so the irony there is that obviously you would need to train yourself to stay off your fucking phone (laughs) in order to do so. But, but like, uh, for instance, Instagram, it's like, no wonder, you know, everybody's constantly on there and that kind of shit, because it's like, it tells you when people like your stuff and it gives you like a little, uh, flash of color and, and something to click on and like things like that. You know what I mean? So it's like, it becomes a reward pathway, uh, for your brain. So you just like keep going to it. Right. Right. And it's easy to interact on it. It's, it's seconds. Right. Exactly. So it's like, we could use the same kind of, um, we could use the same kind of methodology to create reward systems for like goal achievement or, or more like specifically. Uh, so, so that's basically what that, that writer sprint is doing. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And, and usually after finishing the, you know, 45 minutes or an hour or whatever you set it to, you're already in a groove. So you just keep going. Yeah, exactly. It's made it like easier to, to kind of goad yourself, like to keep going. Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, okay, so so six days, that is uh, a much more aggressive pace, but we've also made the goal much more achievable. So that feels like it's in a good place. Do you think you can do it? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so, because I actually want that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's, it's difficult. It's like hard to force myself to do something that I don't care about, but something that I actually give a shit about, like... I just need something that'll mentally stimulate me like that. You know what I mean? So I want to like look into it and I want to like do research and I want to like commit pen to pad and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which sounds super depressing, but it's like, no, I, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not saying that like, Oh man, that's just so absent from my life. Like any sort of meaning at all or anything like that. I just mean like, I think that I can be doing something with a little bit more purpose and like that will end up bringing a little bit more clarity. I like it. So uh, why don't you uh, refresh us on what your SMART goal, because evidently it's pretty much the the same, but did you update anything at all or how'd that go for you? Well, no, I kind of just put everything I've been saying all on one piece of paper Uh and it's, uh, it's kind of nice having it right there. Hmm. So basically I I, I was thinking it's just going to be making a movie. But it's not going to be mm-hmm. making just making a movie. It's going to be making a profitable movie. Okay, that's the real goal: is to be to make this Dirty Harriet movie be profitable. Mm, yeah, that, that's like the macro goal, right? Because anybody can make a movie, but to make a profitable profitable movie is very hard to do. Yeah, you listen- I mean, I I don't, I don't even agree with your first statement that anyone can make a movie, but uh, I definitely 
uh, agree that it's uh, difficult to do a profitable one for sure. Yeah, I, I hear a lot of indie film directors talk on podcasts about their movies and how they're not, no one makes money off their features, but it gets some more work because they've made a feature. Mm-hmm. And so I, I want to be profitable. Yeah. And I think I can do it because I'm not going for a ridiculous budget. Yeah. 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 You can, you can do it because you're kind of a little bit more, uh, it's like, it's like you're able to rein in your, your, uh, script and like what you write in line with your budget. Exactly. So like you can, you can kind of do that and therefore make, a make, uh, a profitable movie a little bit easier. So that's, that's a little bit more, that's how you're making it more achievable. Right. So uh, other things on the achievable section are the, the crew I have uh, with on board right now mm-hmm. from the fellow producer that we have to Betsy, the star to Greg, the stunt coordinator. Mm-hmm. They're, they're on board a thousand percent or a hundred percent. There's no such thing as a thousand percent. They're on board a hundred percent. And they're bringing uh, a lot to the table. The stunt coordinator is bringing all these action scene ideas that I have with explosions and lighting people on fire. And he's, he's doing it at a very good rate because he wants to make a movie like that. Uh-huh. And he's willing to do it at a rate that can benefit the whole production. Uh, same, That's- same thing with Francisco, the producer. He's default aggressive. So he's actually working forward. <laughs> or moving forward ideas on this project to get things done in a responsible, reasonable way. Oh yeah. 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 Most of it's, it's like having like a team like that is, uh, instrumental in getting, cause I mean, yours is obviously like a really huge project with multiple moving parts. So it's like part of your achievability is like accountable people and that sort of thing. Right. And even Betsy's, I talk, I saw, she took me to the football game. Uh-huh. And she was like, do we need cars for the movie? I can call Jim Click tomorrow if you want me to. <laughs> and Jim Click's the local Ford guy. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, we need cars for the movie. Give him a call. Wow. So she's already like, she's wanting to actively move forward on things as well. Uh, trying to pull her, you know, use her Tucson celebrity weight and pull some strings. Yeah, which is yeah. nice, which is awesome. That's cool. So you're you're assembling a team of people who actually want to like get shit done, right? And and are thinking kind of a step ahead, like not just being reactive to whatever you're asking them to do. Like, hey, can you shoot the shot or can you do this? Can you write this up? Blah blah blah. But they're actively like expressing, okay, so let's think about what the next next step is and be a little bit more proactive. Maybe take care of multiple things at the same time. Yada yada yada. What you what do you need to uh, execute that idea? You just said out loud. Randomly, like I told Francisco about the the badass women idea, uh-huh. and he's like, "Oh, I got a website guy. Let me call him to see if he can set up the website for video submissions." Sick. So it's like, yeah, that's what that's what I need to hear. That's yeah. what's going to make this goal uh, achievable. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Like that's setting up kind of a framework with which to approach each of these you know tasks and items as they come up. That'll be huge. Uh huh. Very cool. And let's see for the measurable part with the budget and how distribution set up. If we did self distribution, it, it's seven thousand copies we have to sell hmm. at nine ninety nine or ten bucks. Wait, 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 wait! How many copies? Seven thousand. Okay. Huh. So, so it's like that's actually that's something that you can measure. Yes. Like, uh, 
And and uh, how are you? I mean, I'm sure I'm already know the answer, but like, how are you selling these copies? Like, through what methodology? I think it's just gonna be all on digital platforms on Amazon, iTunes, all those platforms. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it doesn't make sense to introduce any overhead for hard copies like, or anything. Per- yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that would only. Uh, I I wonder when that kind of turns around these days, like. How big does your movie have to be such that it can be profitable to like make DVDs? Well, it's, it's also a um, long-term investment. How do you mean? So it could, the DVD can be released on a Tuesday uh-huh. for $27, whatever Blu-rays are nowadays, $25. <laughs> but then uh-huh. in three months, they are $12. In two years, they're in the $5 bin. Oh, I see what you're saying. So they they have they don't have like a they have a shelf life, but that they're on the shelf for as long as possible. Yeah, and at some point you're going to be still be making money off of everything that you've sold up to that point. Right. So even though it's a it's a declining dollar value, then you might actually increase. Like you might keep yourself at the same position on the supply and demand curve because as your price drops, maybe more people are purchasing it and so on and so forth. Right. Or someone's like, I remember this movie from back in the day. It's five bucks. I'll buy it. Right. Exactly. I'll revisit it, you know, 10 years later, five years later. No. Yeah. That's, that's very true. Yeah. So you're right. Okay. I I guess I just, uh, I started thinking like, why does anyone make any DVDs anymore? (laughs) Right. But I don't know. It might be worth making some sort of hard copy, but we have to see how much it costs and, or maybe we get a deal with a distribution company that's willing to, you know, put up those costs. Yeah. Front the cost to develop the DVDs, to invest in like, so that then they get a percentage of whatever. Right. They would get a large percentage of that, of that, but it's getting the movie out there. And as long as we keep digital rights and all that other fun stuff, we can still make our profit. Yeah. Got to hold on to any merchandising rights. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, 7,000 copies at 10 bucks each, basically. That's really cool. I actually, that's really cool that you have like a number that you can attribute to it. And so, yeah. And of course it's relevant because this is, this is what I want to do. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it has to get more complicated than that. And well, I I think doing something like this project on this scale is, uh, on a localized scale, you know, doing it very Tucson based, it's going to help establish my name more and it's going to up my relevance, at least in community standards or in the community, at least hopefully. Oh yeah, most most definitely getting the name out there more. So that's that's what I'm hoping for with the relevance. And I want to do an aggressive uh, timeline on this at uh, 14 months after 14 months after we get uh, our financing. So at the point of finance, then for 14 months you have to like make the movie. Yes. Uh, edit the movie. Yes. And distribute the movie through digital production yes like and oh and is the is the selling the seven thousand copies is that in inside of the 14 month uh timeline yes dang that is aggressive that is aggressive maybe i should up that a little bit what do you mean uh well usually uh, independent films are profitable after two years Uh that's like the average if a film is to be profitable it takes two years to get to that point Mm-hmm. But I think 14 months is, well, maybe the 14 month goal is to have 
the finished product out on the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, uh, not so much necessarily. But but I do like that you're keeping your eyes on the profitability of it as well. So it's like that would be uh, maybe it's kind of like how what you were saying, how you broke mine into, you know, kind of smaller micro goals. It's like maybe you have a larger macro goal that includes the sales figures and everything like that. But then you broke it up into two micro goals. One's about completion of the project in 14 months. And then the other is about the maintaining profitability throughout the production and then into distribution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That'd probably be a good good way to think about it. Yeah. Well, sweet man. That sounds, uh, sounds like you've got a lot (laughs) on your plate for the next, uh, 14 months. The next, or I mean, well, in theory, we're going to have full, you know, full financing, hopefully in the next month or two. Mm hmm. But Hmm. yeah, let me look at my business plan real quick. Yeah, we do pre-production for two months. We produce the movie for 15 days. Uh, post-production is going to be three to four months. Uh-huh. Uh, we get picture lock for in seven months. P- picture lock meaning everything in terms of the so the et- in terms of the video is done. The edits done right. So like the picture is locked. So all the visual stuff is locked down. So there's no more edits being made to the movie. So now you can add sound effects. Now you can add visual effects. If you need to do green screen stuff, you know, which frames you're using from which shot to do that effect on. Yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. So, so basically it's like you're, you're completely done with the visual aspect of it. So now you can focus on just the other things. Right. That's cool. But also we could make a deal with the distribution company and they buy it for X amount of dollars Uh and it could immediately be profitable. Mm. Like you, we could immediately break even. Yeah, that uh, that would be great. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool, man. Uh, we've got some homework to do. Then it looks like we do. But uh, but yeah, okay. Six days, and I have to do my all to not get squirrely about making a first draft. Right. You just gotta fifteen minutes every morning. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a that's not a bad idea actually, kind of like scheduling myself. Like actively putting a block on my calendar for it. Uh-huh. I'm into it. Do it. Cool, man. All right. Well I'll uh I'll uh guess I'll let you know next week. Thank you for listening to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, share, and leave a rating. We'd really appreciate it. You can find Chris on social media using the handle at Elephant Scout. You can find me with at Atish Mazish. And finally, you can follow the podcast on Twitter with at CSS Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at cscottcreate.com. Thank you so much.